Hello, friends and uh, waterfowl supporters. This is Sarah Waterfowl Fowler uh, coming at you from London, Ontario, but this is a Green Antler production. And I think we're at season one, episode 38. Um, today's guest is Andrew Black from Sackville. And I, I would like for you to tell me, because I, for some reason I'm sort of gapping out, and I have been to the East, but it's been a really long time. Sackville is in Nova Scotia or New Brunswick? Okay, so you're in both. Both. Oh, good. Yes, <laughs> so that's why the, I'm confused. <laughs> the, the Sackville that I am located uh, is in Sackville, New Brunswick. But there is a Sackville, Nova Scotia as well, uh, which is, I believe, close to Halifax. So that Sackville, but to make it even more confusing... That Sackville has a Sackville and Middle Sackville and a Lower Sackville. And if you talk to people who live in Sackville, New Brunswick, there is also a Middle Sackville and, uh, well, I guess Upper Sackville. So <laughs> anyway, just to make it more confusing. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I like to be confused. There's also like a three sandwiches in on Vancouver Island, and I don't really... Yes. <laughs> I, maybe I've been to one of them. <laughs> But uh, that's great. Thank you for educating me. I, I often ask stupid questions because I'm just coming out at like a blur. So yep. sometimes um, the question I like to start off is, what's been the theme of your week? Uh, well, uh, meetings. It, it, there's been a lot of meetings. I mean, I, I, I have a... a busy family and I have a full-time job um, but that's kind of all the time but my council work has been particularly busy so there's been a lot of meetings this week um, both involving the, my full council um, and then also just little one-off meetings like this one for example which is awesome mm -hmm. um, and then conversations with constituents uh, I also have because uh, I'm an executive director for Zone 2 of the UMNB, which is the Union of Municipalities of New Brunswick. So I sit on the board for, for that, and, and now I have meetings for that this week as well. So it's, yeah, meetings. That's meetings. Meme. Good. Awesome. That's, I feel like there's the mirror effect again where, you know, I'm the deputy mayor of the village of Tassis on the west coast, and you're the deputy mayor of Sackville on the east, and we're just... <laughs> doing our multi-meetings where we're like also with the union which is like more of a regional right. table and then you know oh we're we're coming back to like the village local municipal stuff and yeah excellent yep. it's, good. <laughs> it's good to be busy it is i do like it it's uh it feels like i mean i use this analogy too much but it's like all all pistons everything's firing you know and yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, maybe you'd like to go in about your UMNB work, if you could. I mean, I'm interested in talking about the UBCM a little bit because the UBCM is ramping up. We're having our virtual forum. This is the second virtual forum coming up in September 14th. Right. Um, and so, as a small community rep on that executive board last year and acclaimed again this year, so this is my second year running. Um, I feel like I'm interested in what's happening in other small communities or regions or boards that are like the, the union board, right? Where right. it's more than one place trying to work together. Right. So your forum, that's kind of like your AGM. So that would where like all the membership would come together and, and discuss things, for example. Am I right in saying that? Resolutions. Uh, okay. that's like the main okay. so, thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's pretty much the same uh, with us. I was uh, uh, voted into this position in uh, June. June? Okay. July? June, July? Oh my gosh. I can't remember. I believe it was the end of June. Um, and <clears throat> there are nine zones within the province of New Brunswick. Each of those zones is you know, a geographical location, and there are municipalities that fall within those zones. Um, and so uh, there's two board members or executive directors, I guess, for each zone. And I was voted 
in as one of the two to represent my zone. So I haven't been on the board uh, that long, uh, but myself and my colleague uh, hit the ground running with a lot of uh, um, initiatives to try to make communication among municipalities and then with the executive board stronger. Um, we had a board meeting, our first board meeting in August, where we discussed um, uh, issues that were facing the, the, the province as a whole. Um, and then as, as far as our zone meetings, we have four zone meetings a year where the municipalities that fall within the zone I represent get together and talk about uh, common issues um, facing uh, our communities. And then our AGM actually is a, at the beginning of October, so pretty close to, to, to you guys. Uh, and that, again, we will discuss resolutions. We'll, uh, there's usually a changeover with the executive uh, board of the UMNB. So uh, there'll be a new president. There, there may possibly be a new vice president. You know, that, that, that kind of uh, dynamic. So. It's like a game with the mirrors. <laughs> I, uh, I am interested in about the zones because in BC, we have a made in BC thing, which is called the... Oh, it's RDs, the regional district. So Cassis, oh, yes. where I live, is the regional district of Strathcona, the SRD. And um, and that's sort of like, also, um, I don't know if it's the same in, in the east, but um, it's like the municipalities are uh, creatures of the province. So the way that... Our, our municipality has it's an un, it's an incorporated municipality of 300 people but the regional district is sort of the uh, governing body and we have to like ask them for permission if we want to put on a bus I know that in our we had this transportation age friendly action uh, action and transportation study and there was a lot of um, examples one from Iceland but one from I think Victoria County in Halifax or somewhere and it started off as just like a few people driving a van to get their neighbors into the town that was next to them and I felt like um, I felt like oh good let's copy what they're doing but they're also we're doing it in the North Island there's like a, the VTN the Volunteer Transportation Network in Port McNeil it's like doing like a Tri-Cities thing where they try to make, make it because for small communities, at least the way that I see them, transportation that's a public thing is just, you know, we might as well talk about climate change, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we, we have something. Um, I mean, Sackville is an incorporated municipality, an incorporated town of about 5,000, a little over 5,000 people. Um, we have the Mount Allison University here, which is a, a very popular undergrad, arguably one of the best undergrad um universities in the country which brings a, another between 2,500 and 3,000 uh, 3, people to our town every year so you know we balloon for a good chunk of the year um, anyway that's beside the point but so it, it is a little different this is where maybe the mirror ends between okay. <laughs> the east coast and the west coast um, we do have uh, what's called regional service districts within the province we also have lsds which are local service districts those are all and there's a lot of them far too many honestly and they are all under the direct control of the minister of um, local governance and municipal reform so he is essentially the mayor of you know i'm just going to throw a number out there and it may be off a little bit by but about um 40 to 50 percent of the population of this province and and it's a, and it's an issue so the zones that we have in umnb are determined by by the umnb so what what makes sense i guess for municipalities to be within a zone was determined x number of years ago um it's not determined by uh by a government body, it's determined by the membership back in the day. We are undergoing a massive municipal reform right now um, that is under the control, obviously, of the provincial government um, to try to turn the province on its head to uh, incorporate areas, 
have regional dis- regional districts. Um, uh, it's possibly similar to what Nova Scotia has, where there's a, sort of a county system, so that there'll be better representation for people in New Brunswick. So I think that that's maybe where the where, like I said, where the mirror might end between. Them. Well, and I mean, in a yes way, and no. I, I, yeah, I think that there's definitely like. With the small community rep thing, uh, my small community is only 300 people, if that, but we'd balloon out in the summer with sport fishing. Um, But we are sort of a resort municipality that's like a micro-resort municipality, and I'm sure that that's the case in the Bay of Fundy and other areas like Alma, New Brunswick. But I, um, in Ontario, where I am, it's a county system, right? So I'm familiar with, you know, like London being... In four counties, it's like the intersection, the corners, like London, Elgin, yes. Middlesex, and Oxford, and there's different flavors, right? You know, and I think too what yeah. you're saying, because um, I knew that it was Victoria County who had that bus system uh, that we were like, oh yeah, this seems to be working well, and like it started small, but then it became part of the like regional transit with the the closer town, and I think that it sort of speaks to like you know people who maybe live far out in the country and don't have you know maybe they have a school bus maybe the school bus drive is two hours i don't know but like uh they don't go to the swimming pool much so they're not interested in being part of that electoral area you know service that's being provided right so they're like we want to opt out of paying because we're not going to ever go there we come to to town if you will once a year to resupply you know and i think that's a northern thing too you know like it, ha- it happens here in, in New Brunswick too. I mean, there's that's. I think that's one of the big issues that that the here that the provincial government is gonna is going to come uh, up against, which is uh, taxation. You know, you've got these small communities that don't really have any representation. Like I said, they're essentially their mayor is the is a, a minister of the of the pro- of the provincial government. Um, yet. They have incredibly low taxes, so if there's a regional approach or a county approach, uh, or even, you know, I don't want to use the word, but amalgamation, uh, then property taxes go up, and then there'll be pushback from people saying, "Well, we don't use those services, so why are we paying for it?" And anyway, I, yeah, I take your point. That's a tough one. Mm, well, and there's um, definitely been sort of like the we've seen our town shrinking with like the loss of a mill, industries like that, but. With COVID, that became a positive, right? So now we're like, we have small amount of people. You should want to come here, right? And it's like yes. turned our frown upside down, kind of, right? New, like, New Brunswick did very well with that. We've had, yeah. I mean, I guess the problem for us is that we've had a lot of people moving here because New Brunswick and Nova Scotia and PEI and, well, I guess the whole uh, maritime provinces, to their credit, did a pretty fantastic job with covid and responding quickly and shutting things down. Um, and so we had really incredibly low case counts. Um, and so because of that, people were moving here. So that was a good thing because we it's nice to have you know, more population, possibly more professionals moving in, uh, you know, uh, property tax assessment values in places going up, that kind of stuff. But it's really, <laughs> it's been difficult for the housing market because you've got people moving from Ontario, for example, leaving a $900,000 home and uh, and buying a house sight unseen for triple the value because they can. And so that's that's become a little bit of a spinoff problem. But <laughs> so the locals are priced out is what you're saying, right? You know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so if, I wanted to go, yeah. if I wanted to go and buy a new house right now or build a house, it would be pretty much an impossibility. Yeah. Well, and that's just like... Uh, I see that happening from Toronto to London. I see that happening from Victoria to Tassis. You know, this is a a good problem. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it, it it is good in some ways, but I think that there there's definitely some some bad sides to it. I listened to a, a CBC podcast the other day that they said that the uh, average price of a house in the nation, so this is nationwide. Is seven hundred thousand dollars. Now, to me, a house in Sackville for seven hundred thousand dollars would be 
crazy. <laughs> I mean, it would be just a, a monstrous mansion is what I can, I can only imagine. With a pool inside, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and a bowling alley and a, you know, a, a helicopter pad. It's Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, you know, and, and so there there are some good things about that and, and that like I said you have money moving to communities that, that would need it but um, there's a housing strain in the nation and I'm sure that the property values going up is, is not going to help it out in the long run mm-hmm. we had a go ahead no 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 I, I was just going to say but anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the funny thing, I guess, not funny, you know, I laugh because I don't want to cry. Um, there was one person who reported their assessment going up in taxes 50%. So then there was like, but we didn't even improve anything, cut the grass, put a new roof or anything like that, right? You know, and when I moved there just um, 10 years ago or so, maybe a little longer, um, you know the both houses on either side were empty you know and so that was sort of like at the the lower emptied out part of the can of worms and now uh it's impossible to find a a rental it's you know it's um people are living rough in subpar housing there's a lot of condemnable properties that you know need love and attention and need this city money to come in um, but also, um, it's growing pains, right? You know, and there's a lot to be said about, <laughs> I, I think about the Game of Thrones and how like the Northern people, they don't trust anyone and they don't want anyone to come in. And then they're like wildlings are even farther afield. And they're like, there is no tribes here. We're all just thinking anybody against anybody else. Right? <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, so that's, a Mad Max sort of worldview and I need to sort of but, check myself before I wreck myself. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, there, there, there's there's something to be said for that. Like, your analogy is a good one. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, it, it, it's a sad analogy in a way that, that people can't just seem to come together to a common good sometimes mm-hmm. and to appreciate what they have and accept people and, um, and work together and be more collaborative that kind of stuff but sometimes pressures of life and uh, problems that you wouldn't suspect to arise cause ripples and it's uh it's hard ripples totally and i think too the uh, idea of like having sort of this us versus them mentality whether it's rural or urban or whether it's you know newcomers versus old timers or something locals tourists right like there's a you know, New York has that same problem where they're like, Times Square is just for tourists. Nobody who lives here goes there, right? You know, and right. I and I think that uh, it's only when I have my family visit me in Tassis that we do some of those like, oh, well, let's go to the closest UNESCO World Heritage or let's go caving because I don't cave every day, but right. I do when someone is coming who's never done it, you know? And um, so, so in, in Tassis, do you have that sort of us, them? Like, does that happen in your community? Uh, well, um, I'll tell a story um, instead of saying how it is because I'm not there right now. But um, once there was a bus of tourists and just like the, the road into town is 360 kilometers, mountain passes, you know, people go missing. There was a person who was last seen going to Tassis and never arrived, but that's a different story. Um, so this bus full of tourists the last bridge at the Lena River fell down and the fire department responded because it's a f- small town and because, you know, they're right. volunteers and the pager went off. And so they went there and the tourists were like, well, who's going to drive me back? And I forgot my phone in that crash bus and I, I was just drinking my beers, you know, and like, there's definitely, a, you know, we're like, do you have a head injury? you can walk to town, you know? Like, we don't have a bus here to, like, get you guys back to somewhere, right? You know? <laughs> and, I, and I guess another story is sort of about that. I worked at a fishing lodge once, and one of the guests was like, oh, I'd like some lemons in my water. And I'm like, you flew in. You didn't drive in. Because if you drove in, you'd know that the supply truck is in the ditch with the lemons, you know? <laughs> and so it's... it's uh, 
Uh, yeah, sad story turned, you know, joke, right? But... Right, of course. <laughs> but I, I, I asked that question because Sackville is, uh, I mean, I've, I've lived here most of my life. I have lived away. I lived in Ontario for uh, seven years in Toronto. And I, I've, I lived in Boston for a while and outside New York City and Stanford, Connecticut for a while. And so I've lived away, but most of my life I've lived in Sackville growing up and then back as, a, as an adult. And during all of that time, and even now, things have gotten better, but there, there's an us versus, there's always been an us and them. And what I mean by that is uh, two things. When the students come back to town, it's the, the townies and the students. And there will be lots of people who I hope will listen to this podcast from Sackville. <laughs> Um, <laughs> who, who would who would disagree or but the, the reality is there and and it's it, it's sort of a sad one right again you you hope that people can come to a community and everybody work together and it be happy and respectful and collaborative and all that stuff but there's that divide so the university kids and the people who live here yeah. then there's also the other divide is from people who are not from here now that term is broad um my family is from here so i am technically from sackville my parents were here my grandparents were here my grandparents grandparents were here i'm from here my wife who was born and raised in this town both of her parents came from the states and moved here as professors at mount allison she is not technically from here she's lived here most of her life was born here and is not technically from here and it causes a divide especially when you start talking about issues that affect the community and it happens quite often that someone will say well you're not from here so you don't really understand the issue that we're dealing with and so that's why i asked if in um, tassas it was the same sort of dynamic i don't know you know <laughs> Uh, friction and conflict as much as no one likes those things that's where the rubber hits the road that's where there's traction that's where there's you know like wounds to heal and you know like <laughs> you know well Gabor Monte has a movie The Wisdom of Trauma right you know when we tell these stories like your wife being like I live here and was born here but people treat me like I'm a U.S. citizen especially when the border's closed and that's like the whole dynamic there right you know and I, I know too there's like a theater somewhere in the east where it's like the stage is in Canada or the audience is in the state you know in the states and it's like this border building you know Interesting. <laughs> yeah I would love to go there one day but I've only heard about it at this point I think it might well, be in Maine I just I just found out about it because you just told me about it. So there you go. I'm going to have to look this up now. Yeah, I, maybe I'm <laughs> lying, you know. <laughs> but I think that's too good for me. <laughs> my, lies are, my lies are definitely not that good. <laughs> not, not that creative? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I tend to... Uh, too many details in that lie, I guess. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, so... Is it all right if I ask a question? Please, yeah, just, yeah. So, um, I guess, what are a couple of, if you could say, two big issues that are affecting your community, um, specifically your community, not focusing more on the regional side of it that you also do work with, but in your community, what are two, you know, significant things that are affecting your community? Well, I think that I'll have to start with the fire hall um, because we're a small amount of people and a small amount of property assessments and taxation and so we have had our fire hall condemned and that has been a huge blow I guess you know because it's hard to recruit now we don't have a clubhouse you know like the chief is doing work in the rec center it's you know that also needs attention you know <laughs> so it's sort of like I guess in that sense it's it, I'll call it the fire hall but what it really is is like infrastructure decay that is like if right. you inherited a castle but you only were you know able to not really maintain any of it right you know yeah. so it would just like fall yeah. down around you and that would be 
you know, the first issue, right? And, the, and you have a volunteer fire department, correct? Of course, yeah. There's maybe okay. a handful of people involved, right? You know, and okay. it's uh, in the neighboring town of Zabalis, they have uh, a building and they have fire apparatus, but it's the recruiting that's the hardest part, right? Because, right. like you said right. about attracting talent, right? Attack, attracting people who are like of working age, who aren't retired, who aren't learning, like students at Mount Allison or something, right? You know, who are like in the doing and they're not like on either sides of that right and I think that um for us having you know engineers and I mean we get engineers to come from Campbell but uh imagine and it sort of like goes against the sort of company town that we always were right so like we started as a timber mill so timber mill company and then we became a town after that and um so a lot of people think that it's like the village's job to take care of everybody because the village is sort of the remnants of the company and i owe my soul to the company store kind of thing right and right, i right. and i'd like to uh crack that nut and like try to make it so that we are more welcoming of the other, right? You know, of the U.S. Um, tourists that come, or Albertans, or whoever. Uh, but this will bring me into the second one. So recently, somebody drove a truck into the river that's salmon spawning river, river, and the salmon are coming to home to roost and spawn. And because because it's so wild, and we love cowboys such. Someone thought it was a good idea to, you know, go for a rip, and uh, it's just really sad that, you know, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch, and we'll have to, like, think about making these uh, river accesses stopped, right? You know, we have to, like, boulder them, put a gate or something like that, like, try to um, find a way to save the West from itself, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have, we have, I mean, we have, I, I hear you, we have issues like that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a destruction of a, of a natural asset yeah. to you for your community. Huge. Well, and we have like all of the local sort of like are sensitive to that in the sense that um, many people volunteer with the salmon enhancement hatchery and stuff like that. And so that's why we have the road access there so that we can drive a truck, get some fish, put them in the back of the truck, drive them to the hatchery, get the eggs and, you know, like help nature right, along. Right. right. You know, but you, you open the door to an inch and, you know, it flies right. open a mile. Right. And, and we yeah. have actually to have this like um, trail society that I'm involved with as a secretary treasurer and, it uh, has been sort of stopped by Rexite's Trails BC. Like, it's like, they're like, oh, why don't you do a hiking, biking trail instead of a quad trail? But it's like, but this is what the people want, you know? Like, we we have a rural population, maybe, yep. you know, aren't as, like, hikey and bikey as the city people who want to come to visit, you know? And the, the people who live here, you know, want to go for a rip on their quads. And yeah. the, because the trail hasn't gone through, despite 30 years of advocating about it and like working with the neighboring communities and the Mauchimuchalad and the Ihadasat Chinookit, the First Nations, and like trying to get this going, it still is, you know, the, the city, the Victoria City people don't see the value because that's not what's trending right now. And we're like, well, that's why they're driving in our river because they have been given no choice, you know, and that's. Uh, eternally frustrating, but I don't know what to do about it except talk about it. You know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 then talking only gets you so far because mm. you feel like you talk and then you talk some more and then yeah. you talk some more and yeah. it just seems it just seems to never end. I know. But yeah, uh, I mean, Sackville's considered a rural community as well, even though we are, you know, we have, like I said, a population of five thousand. The city of Moncton, which is sizable enough, or, or the Tri-City, I guess, it's Moncton, Riverview, and Dieppe, is only a half an hour away, but we're still considered a rural community. Um, and we have a lot of agriculture, a lot of um, a lot of farmers, a lot of people who enjoy uh, ATVing and fishing and hunting, and, and then we also have like a more white-collar type crowd that doesn't typically do that kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. 
what you're talking about with ATV trails and hiking and biking and stuff and that trying to collaborate on something like that is, is an issue here as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's not, it's nice to know that we have some of these things in common. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really exciting because like when the trail society tried to, when it tried to start 30 years ago, it was a, a connecting road because we're at the end of a dead end. Right. You know? And so, but there's, we could be evacuated by water if a ship came, you know? So there's like, because we did have a fire in 2018 when I was elected and that was like on the road out of town. So there was like some sort of like, well, what happens if we can't leave that one way that there is, right? So it to me made a better argument for this like connecting road trail, right? But right. yeah. Um, the, who, is the tra- who is the trail society? Who is that governed by? Is that like an independent organization or like a private organization? Uh, we work together with the um, sort of quad enthusiasts, um, but it's right. it's uh, designed to have one representative from the village of Tassis and one representative from the village of Zabalis, which is over the mountain from us. And then the two First Nations, he had a Satchinikit, also have like sort of a, a spot open for them if they could ever, you know participate and and that's you know it's it's in its infancy in a way despite being 30 years in the making right so it's we've been able to get some ice tea funding which stands for island coastal economic trust so that's something where there's like money in the bank but there's no uh rubber stamp on the like application and so i guess it was steep but you know you're not gonna that's the appeal maybe you know like there's um there's a part of uh you know different measuring sticks i guess is what i'm trying to say right you know where what yes we know that it's the mountain that it's going around or over to get to the other side is called rugged mountain right you know so it's sort of like we're not trying to build something that is like easygoing you know this is like uh it's it's rugged and and natural wild and as a quad as a quad rider why would you want something that was always easy i mean you want some variety in your ride yeah Um, we have uh we have an atv association um within the province and they're i i I'm not going to pretend to know exactly how all the different ATV associations and clubs across the province are connected. I believe they are, um, but uh, they help to maintain some of the trail systems that are around here. Um, a lot of it is on crown land, of course, but sometimes it'll go through private land and there's agreements and stuff like that. <clears throat> and they will lobby on behalf of their membership uh to have various things like trail grooming and uh, new trail access. Sometimes they'll lobby to municipalities to get some road access so they can go get fuel or food or whatever. Um, And it's worked well for the province in some places better than other places just because those trail systems end up being multi-use. So in the wintertime, you've got snowmobilers, and then other times in spring and summer, you'll have bikers, hikers, runners, uh, you know, like cross-country runners, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it works well because those people, there's no association of those people, but there is for the ATVs and they end up, um, you know, keeping the trails in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're very welcoming of, of other groups to use them, which has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. But anyway, well, it that works multi- here. <laughs> well, and that multi-use thing is like the only way because, like, have you ever tried to clear out a trail on your bike or hiking? You know, no, you need like yeah. some power tools to do so, right? You know, exactly. and yep. and also like from like the sort of guardianship or like the in in the case of a search and rescue, like you know, like there's got to be some sort of like time is of the essence. You know, you're not just like gonna hike somebody out if you if you have another option, if there's like a sort of, um, high speed, you know, access, access. Yeah. 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 And, and I I think that like we, the U4C society is a multi-use trail. 
I mean, we don't have anyone who has horses around there, but I feel like it would be hard to have like the quarters and the horses get along, but maybe, you know, maybe uh, we could try, you know, because I think that like to say that it's only for this or only for that, that's not an, you know, a big blanket, a big tent. And I, and I really want it to be like, if I had a horse, I would want to walk it the, you know, the, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, like I would want to have those sorts of opportunities there too. Right. You know, and, and also too, like having the quad trail connect the, the towns, it will, um, make it so that there can be more hiking and biking, like sort of offshoots, right? You know, yeah, and yeah, for sure. And uh, and I mean that could turn into possibly a, a tourism piece, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you have people visiting your town from away, you know, maybe they would like to go for a hike in a beautiful spot, um, and maybe that's connected to a trail system that's already there from quads, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there is a bigger part. It's called the North Island One Thousand. So this is like the connecting three hundred meter piece of this huge trail system uh mostly on logging roads forest service roads they're called and even the the road to our town is uh, the fss head bay forest service road hb fsr so it's not even a public road it's you know we're all just there at the the generosity of the industry that we're surrounded by right you know like the it's just tree farm license in every direction right you know so Um, it's, it's really important to sort of diversify and that's something with the ecotourism and we have like a watershed that we were working to, um, get in a reserve, um, from the logging company so that we could, uh, have it be a natural asset for, you know, future. And we could just sort of like measure it, not in what it's worth cut up, right? Measure it from like the whole world. You know, there's only one of these. This is pre-colonial, you know, like these trees were here before Canada even existed. And that's really exciting to the whole um, population of the town pretty much signed the petition, even though we're a logging town. Right. You know, or a a post logging town. Right. And we do want to see ourselves like evolving, but it's it's hard because, you know, because, yeah, well, (laughs) because. There's a lot to be said about, you know, wood stoves and, you know, when the power goes out, you, you know, like having a fire is yeah. what's going to keep you going, you know? And yeah. and I think that, uh, you know, one of the things too in the West with fires, right, is the, um, you know, there's like one school of thought where we have to defuel the forest, so make the forest like less populated with trees like in in tree planting they call it yeah thinning them in tree planting there's like a density right you know uh, in a plot and and I can see how that has value but I also can see how uh, the sort of more traditional First Nations way of like controlled burns burning the understory you know letting the older trees grow to their actual like as big as they can be right instead of just yeah you know and, and measuring it like in the the true cost accounting, right? Like how much carbon do these trees sequester, right? You know, like we don't, we are expected as a small community or we'll probably be the last ones on the finish line, but we don't, the whole like calculating our greenhouse gases, carbon tax, all these things, you know, like, but we don't count these things that we're the stewards of, that we're like putting ourselves on the line to value as like, tomorrow's dollar right which is a whole nother it's we can't even count that like remember when a googleplex was like or like a trillion was a lot of money right you know (laughs) i don't know it is i mean the the province of new brunswick that's that's i mean sackville has some logging but that's all that new brunswick is is lumber i mean one of our biggest exports one of the you know our, our huge money makers in this province is logging um, J.D. Irving, I don't know if you've heard of J.D. Irving, yeah. J.D. Irving owns this province. Um, they own a, a huge, huge, huge amount of, uh, of the forest in this province. Um, they have rights to crown land uh, to be able to log. So it's, you know, 
I, I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's probably not exactly the same situation in Sackville as it is where you are, only because we're not immediately surrounded by that on all sides, mm -hmm. uh, because we're at the tip of the Bay of Fundy, so there's marshland and agriculture, and you know, like big, like massive uh, agriculture and things like that. But at the province as a whole, regionally, um, the, f the forestry industry is huge. So when we go to our AGM for the UMNB, there's oftentimes resolutions about forestry initiatives, what could be done. Um, and then oftentimes when you talk about First Nations, uh, again, it, it's, it's, about, it's about logging, it's about what do we do about our forests, how do we maintain those for future generations, how do we keep the traditions um, uh, of the First Nations people and how they uh, dealt with forestry in their own way aligned. Like th those kinds of things, like this is, here we are, we're back to the mirror again. Yeah, well, and, and I think too <laughs> that like, I think about like the the food security right like people know that the land sustains them the land and the water right you know and how and even like to have a shellfish um industry outfit you know or even like seaweed yeah. it's still uh through the in bc it's still through the ministry of lands and rural development because forest lands and uh because even though it's underwater it's like the the anchor that you put that's the land that's the the tenure right, right? you know right. and so you know you can have a really long rope and grow a lot of seaweed or scallops or whatever you know but you still need to have this regulatory process which only big players can play on right you know and and our community has been trying to get a community forest but it's um yeah it feels like we um we are gonna keep trying, you know. That's but I, but I mean, I guess this is why it's good to have that uh, your um, the your other job where you're on a regional uh, board, right? Yeah. And this is the same thing with 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 us in the province. Like, there's things that need to be done that we feel as member municipalities and other areas, LSDs, local service districts, regional service districts, um, that need to be accomplished in this province. And it seems like you can push and push and push and ask and write letters and talk to people <clears throat> at, at different levels of government and uh, government initiatives in between municipal and provincial, all kinds of people. You can do all of that, mm -hmm. but it goes nowhere. So to have the Union of Municipalities of New Brunswick, where there is a, a concerted focus on fixing an issue that affects all municipalities and have a group of people and an executive director working on those things, big changes can happen. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you feel that way about your work with... Uh, with the UBCM. With the union, but yeah. Yeah, well, I, I feel like it's really opened my eyes to what it's like to be in the city, right? Like, I, I've i been countrified over the years, and I've become sort of more conservative as I continue to understand these things. I want to conserve, right? You know, and I think that um, it's strange for me because I used to live in Toronto, too, and I used to have, like, more diverse friends, and I used to have different points of view and I used to be better at disagreeing without starting a feud you know and now <laughs> it's sort of become a strange you know way that I am now and I think too that that's like with the UBCM I find it's like okay well if I'm the small communities person then I want to talk about other small communities what they're doing how they feel you know and and some of them are like you where you're like only half an hour drive away to sort of the city where you can get a Tim Hortons, right? You know, and so that's like rural, but not um, in the same like. Oh no, my can opener broke down. What am I going to eat now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So cut, cut, not as cut off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that like it's me bringing that like. Please, sir, can I have some more discussion to the table? You know. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, we're not all have nots, right? You know, I mean, a lot of uh, resort communities or um, small places, um, you know, 
maybe they have a mine, maybe, they, you know, like, and there's some instances where it's not like, because there's sometimes a feeling like, oh, Tacitus's better days are behind her, you know, and I, and I just, I challenge that by saying we can attract new people, we can be creative, we can, you know, like, we can um, reinvent ourselves, you know, but I don't know how that always feels to the people who don't want anything to change because I also feel like that myself, right? You know, like I, I want to stick my finger in the damn hole and then another one and then another one and then sort of like try to make make it so that the water pressure can get to the end of the hydrant, you know, <laughs> like, and, and, I, and I know that that's like, uh, I don't know. The UBCM has been a super learning experience for me. So I've learned a lot about, you know, city problems. Even in Vancouver City, they have that problem where they have to up taxes to fix infrastructure so that they, you know, like it's it's not a big city, small town thing. It's just a reality of the way that things are, you know, and and how do we make it the way that we need it to be is, you know, sometimes too lofty imaginings you know <laughs> like it's that's not... right but I, I i find for me and again i haven't been on uh the union of municipalities of new brunswick as long as you have been on it with your union just... but i i get the feeling that there's just a shared sense of urgency about issues or um even just a shared sense of issues it might not necessarily be urgent but and it gives you some bearing it makes you feel okay about the fact that your town might have a problem mm-hmm. um, or that your town is celebrating something that's wonderful and you know that makes you feel good but then you hear someone else is also celebrating that and you're like wow that's so good for you guys you know um, but it opens up conversation about uh, about problems particularly uh, that you share and oftentimes you learn maybe different ways of dealing with it from various communities which I have absolutely appreciated mm-hmm. we have uh, we have a hospital in Sackville and this is our biggest issue right now um, and the, the province is cutting emergency hours they've tried to do it's just been what what, pe- what people around here say a death by a thousand cuts and it's just little jabs you know like imagine a push pin and it just keeps getting stuck in you like a thousand times right like it just you bleed out eventually and um and it's a huge concern um the the impacts of it closing down possibly or even just becoming basically nothing is has a huge huge detrimental impact on our community particularly with a a university who you know, what kid's going to want to come to Sackville to go to school if there's not an emergency room around or a hospital? Well, and, in, Lon- and in London, um, the university has a hospital. There's university hospital, right? Like in London, there's three hospitals and one right. of them is the teaching school, right? Where right. you can go right. to be a med- doc- medical doctor, right? You know, and, and I think that those things are really important, right? You know, like it's it's sort of the one hand washing the other, right? You know, like, what do you do after you graduate from university? And then you, you know, like, you go for higher education, you become a doctor, you know, like you, I don't know, I, I know that uh, access to hospital is a huge challenge for everyone who lives in Tassis. And especially people who are, you know, already disabled, who don't have a vehicle, you know, so there's like a lot of other barriers there. But I can also sort of relate just when I was uh, talking to a friend when I was at the school picking up my kid, she was like, the Ontario government tried to uh, not give the nurses a 1% raise, which was like just keeping up with the cost of living during the pandemic. And, you know, it just felt really like a kick in the teeth to the people who are like making things go right making right. you know <laughs> yeah anytime who care for you about, when you're sick you know <laughs> yeah anytime i hear about like healthcare or education cut yeah. like what what on earth how is it possible that those are the things that that uh provincial governments uh focus on as 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 money saving i mean i just don't understand it i, I don't oh, i know you know anyway but 
Well, I think that um, that's a good segue for us to talk about the federal election a little bit. Uh, before, I'd love to hear what you do for your second job, because I know as a municipally elected person, even with the second job of being in the union, uh, there's still other, like a, a real job, right? you know, that that pays the bills because local government doesn't, right? I mean, no. it's safe to say that even though we can teach our kids... You could be the mayor one day, but you also will have to have a separate job. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, my my real job, I guess, is, is this is my warehouse behind me, but I work for a small company. Um, that's based in Sackville called Bluegenics Innovations. And we that's the, the name of our company. It sounds fancy, but we produce a natural pathic product called Karen Phytoplankton. And it's a natural supplement that uh, people consume for various reasons, for gut health, for uh, extra energy, for arthritis, for all kinds of things. And we've Oh, sorry. I just, is it blue-green algae? No, it's phytoplankton. Phytoplankton, okay. Yeah, so uh, similar, but but a little bit different. But phytoplankton grows basically in any body of water anywhere in the world, and there's a whole bunch of various strains. The person who started this company actually started it in BC, um, and then moved to Sackville, uh, started growing it sort of slowly out of the basement of a deli that he owned um and then it's grown and we're you know we're uh, you know i don't want to say i don't want to make it sound more grandiose but we are a multi-billion dollar company that operates out of a out of sackville in a you know a small town with a small workforce but we we're all across canada and costco's and all kinds of stuff and internationally and in the states as well that's so i do i do shipping and logistics and supply chain issues for the company and that's my I've been with this company now for three years so that's my real job (laughs) it's funny that I mean mayors or deputy mayors like ourselves also moonlight as you know lounge singers or something you know but but I I did I had this is really fascinating I mean I think a lot about aquaculture because we're on the ocean, right? And I just feel like, and also we had this talk from some seaweed people about like the new green economy, blue green, and um, and yeah. and it talked about something really fascinating that feeding cows some seaweed not only gives them iodine, but also means that their methane farts are less bad for yeah. the environment right you know and i was like wow I, I, yeah i cool. actually I read, I read that fairly recently actually yeah. I, I saw an article about that yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean phytoplankton is is one of those things like ours is actually produced in spain because we we needed to at the time we needed to outsource it and there was a company that was already doing phyto, a different strain of phytoplankton for agricultural use <clears throat> and so they had the facility they were able to grow the phytoplankton that we needed for human consumption. So we do outsource it overseas. That may change at some point, mm. um, but it's it's sustainable. You know, you you if you get a culture, you can just continually grow it and grow it and grow it and grow it. Like a mushroom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. Just to, you know, I'm not trying to plug my company, but well, <laughs> it's it's important to have, you know, like. I make the joke to my kids, which they hate, which I've already made on this podcast before, but if we had to live off my income, we'd live under the bridge, you know? And that's like, (laughs) you know, like, I'm pretty committed to local government, but I do, you know, do other sorts of jobs. I used to be a lifeguard in town, right? You know, so it's like the sort of uh, ways that it's not sustainable to be, you know, a decision maker, which is hard to recruit again you know it's not just fire departments that are having a hard time recruiting it's also sort of like every oh, level sure. yeah every level of the economy right from the top to the bottom right absolutely and, yeah. yeah yeah so any thoughts on the federal uh well i mean i'm i'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk about who i would vote for because i i don't know i because I... that's in bad taste 
I think it is. It is, yeah. I mean, as an elected official, I, I, I even feel bad uh, saying no to, to people putting a sign on my yard. Like, yeah. I just feel like, you know, I'm an elected official too, so I, I, I kind of distance myself a little bit from that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, we, I was actually on a call today with a local radio station, and they were asking about, you know, different things about council and and they asked the same question. They said, you know, what about the federal election? So there's just, there's a few things that I'm, I'm looking at. Um, not just for the nation, which of course is important, but also the trickle-down effect to, you know, provincial and then municipal. Um, but the climate change is top of mind um, for me. I, I've been looking at the platforms of the, of the parties just to see where they stand on climate change, carbon pricing, um, but more specifically, what they're willing to do for in- infrastructure funding for carbon, uh, sorry, uh, climate change initiatives. The Liberal government has been pretty good at it over the last little while, and Sackville has benefited from that, I will I will say, through hard work, you know, through uh, getting funding applications filled out and all that kind of stuff. So I've been, we've been, I'm interested in what what's going to happen with climate change issues with the parties and, and where they stand. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, of course, is affordable housing, mm-hmm. because uh, again, it's it's a huge. It's always been a huge problem. COVID has blown it wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, the housing problem in this country is massive, and it affects everyone. I mean, we have people in Sackville who, you know, a family, somebody I know who works at the grocery store. He has a wife and he has two kids and they don't have a home and it's uh and it's problematic like it, it affects everybody and, and everybody should have the opportunity to have a to have a home some place to live and i don't know how any of the parties are really going to deal with that other than chucking a bunch of money at it but uh but that's one of the other things that's been top of mind for me mm-hmm. well and and the whole idea of like depending on who's elected will mean things get funded or don't like we talked about uh education and healthcare cuts right talking about right. housing you know um in bc there's bc housing right but that's we don't have any bc housing in our town right you know so it's right. like right. um it didn't trickle down to us but we would like it to you know? and of and course. i think yeah and, and covid too like stay at home okay well that's you know, if, if you're homeless, then you maybe have to go to the rec center to use the bathroom. Oh, well, that's been closed. Oh, now you need a, COVID, yeah. uh, a, a vaccine passport to use it. Yeah, but like, so what does that create? You know, like at the very beginning of the pandemic, on the way to Tassis, somebody, there's a gas station at the town next door, and they stopped, they, they didn't let anyone use their bathroom anymore. So then what happened? You know, in the trees, all around, it's worse. It makes it worse, yes. right? You know, yeah. so it's just yeah. like, and then, then people, after they go to the forest, then they pump the gas and they can't wash their hands, right? So it's yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, yeah. I really have so much hope always um, because that's what democracy needs. It needs people who put themselves in there and who feel like they're one of us, you know, and they're, you know, like not just mm-hmm. sort of deciding from a safe palace or something, but yeah, I... I, I, I guess there's a lot also about the sort of the populism, right? You know, and how I'm a small community girl now, you know, like I understand how it is to be, um, rural and sort of like understanding that the land sustains and how it's about having that relationship, but also like you know we're not tourists right you know we're we're yeah. we're engaged and we're doing it and we're you know making the phytoplankton and we're you know yes. <laughs> making the decisions and we're making the you know the way that things get to places right you know so that's yeah. it's so been so educational thank you so much it's heads up uh this recording has went 59 seconds and so thank you so much for being on the waterfall podcast I, I was really happy to do this. This was awesome. Yeah, I and really. We, we got to keep it. We got to keep in touch. Okay, so great. Yeah, I'll have you back for season two. On your radar that you might want 
an opinion on, shoot me an email, whatever. I am Great. totally open to that. I, I would love to keep in touch. Fun. Well, thanks a lot for talking to me today and telling me about New Brunswick and Jay <laughs> Irving and uh, everything about how things get made, right? You know, how how it all happens. Yeah. Uh, I was really happy. This was, this was great. Thanks for having me. Have a good night. Thanks a lot.